Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host to this show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the Games. Today we have such a cool story. We have Colby Lang. He was formerly of USA Skiing and is now currently on USA Cycling. He picked up cycling as a way to train in the off-season. Turns out he's really, really good at it, likes it a lot. And he's rocking and rolling with it. So this is a super, super interesting interview, hearing him compare and contrast both sports, understanding his decision to move on from something that he's been doing for his entire life, um, and how and when he realized it was the right decision. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Colby Lang. All right, today, very special guest, Colby Lang of USA Cycling and formerly of USA Skiing. Born March 30th, 1999 in Vail Valley, Colorado. He started skiing at 18 months as I said, he's part of USA Cycling now. He started cycling at about 14 years old. That's when he started competing, and he switched full-time in May of 2017. A little interesting tidbit. Colby won a national title in two sports in the same season, 2015. Again, I think that that is absolutely wicked, um, but he is currently only competing in cycling and has stopped skiing or competing in skiing. I'm sure he still goes down the mountain from time to time um, as of April 2017. So, Colby, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Excited to talk to you. This should be this should be an interesting one. So, I mean, I guess if you don't mind, let's start at the beginning. That's where the that's where I think stories start the best. So, um, take us back. What was it like starting? You know, living in Colorado and growing up there and starting skiing before. I mean, I don't know how babies work, so I don't know when they start talking, but probably <laughs> right around that time, right? Yeah, I, I don't know either, but that's my guess too. I definitely don't remember skiing my first time. Um. My dad's a ski coach, and he's worked for a bunch of national federations since before I was alive. So uh, in my own head, as soon as I was sort of aware of what's going on, I was always going to be a ski racer. There's no question. Um, and so, yeah, started skiing when I was super young, started racing when I was seven, I guess, and just fell in love right away. And from that point until I was about... 17 that was my whole life i went to a ski academy um was skiing like 200 days a year and yeah was dead set on going to the olympics in skiing and then uh in that time period i was riding uh for training for skiing 2017 rolls around and i started riding on the track on the velodrome uh because in my own head it was going to be more specific to ski training did that for a while and a ton of doors started opening up for me and all of a sudden I was a cyclist and I'm full, doing that full time. That is, that's just insane, man. I mean, like, so, so I guess starting, starting there, what about cycling made you think that it was one of the best ways to train for skiing? Cause well, first let's, what, um, what competition did you do uh, for skiing? Let's start with that. Yeah. So I was an alpine skier. Um, there's four main events, Slalom, GS, Super G, and Downhill. Uh, I raced them all, but my best two events were probably GS and Super G, especially at the end of my career. Um, and yeah, the last couple of years I was racing, my main circuit was, it's called like the Noram circuit. So it's the highest level of competition in North America before you get to World Cup. Okay. So, so what about cycling, especially the velodrome, as you said, I mean, that's just essentially a circle or, or an oval, right? So yeah. what about that made you want to, oh, oh, okay. Poorly worded question. I'm not the best at this. I'm sorry. What are you going to do? Right. What about, um, 
training cycling made you think that it was going to improve your skiing? Like where, where's the connection there? Totally. Well, uh, as much as a lot of ski strength coaches don't like to admit it, uh, there's a lot of endurance involved in alpine skiing, even though the races are normally right around a minute, a minute 30 at the longest. Um, it's more of a strength endurance sport opposed to a raw power sport, in my opinion, at least. So, and I also just always kind of had like the endurance bug and like doing those kinds of activities, running, cycling. Um, but then specific to track, Track efforts are, in general, a lot shorter. Um, a road race, for example, can be five hours, but on the track, most races are well under 10 minutes. And so I figured that kind of training would be more explosive, higher power, build more strength, and yeah, actually put on more muscle too. And so I figured that would be more specific to what I was doing, which are races about a minute long in skiing. Uh, and so, and also, it's just like a really cool way to train, I thought. And so did that and the rest of the history, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, not everybody has the opportunity to even see one of those things. So I think that that's pretty cool um, that you thought of that. And, and, and hearing your explanation of it, it, it completely makes sense. You know, the, it's, it's the strength endurance. It's not just the straight, hey, let's, let's run for five hours or, or bike for five hours. There, there's totally. a little extra into it. So I think that that's pretty cool. So um, with your, your skiing career, I mean, you were pretty good. I mean, as we said, you won the national title in 2015 i mean what was it like growing up you know with your dad being an instructor and being able to help you along and kind of you always having the idea like yep i'm just gonna go to the olympics for skiing this is great for what was that almost 10 years it felt like uh yeah basically um it seemed like my whole life (laughs) i was super lucky in that um, pretty much the last five or six years of my career my dad was coaching for a team called Team America. And that was a group of guys that had either previously been on the national team or were trying to get on the national team. Uh, So super elite skiers, Mm -hmm. all a lot older than me. At the time I was between 13 and 17 and they were some of them in their thirties. So I got to spend a lot of time training with them in a super professional setting. And so also, my dad's been exposed to a ton of national federations and I think really knows what he's doing. So I had the opportunity to be in an elite program uh, when I was well, well under that sort of age. Mm -hmm. And from that, I was able to sort of take like a pre-professional mindset into it. uh, And I think do most of the right things that most of the right little things that ended up making a really big difference in my career. That's awesome, man. And like who, like at the age of 13, hanging out with, you know, 30 year olds, as you said, an extremely professional setting. I mean, what was that like for you? Did you even understand kind of? Because I mean, when I look back at me, you know, 13, when I'm 13 years old, I didn't really grasp that many things. You know what I mean? So like, what was, what was that like? Did you really have a good understanding of what was going on? Or were you kind of just riding the wave? Uh, I imagine at first I was very much in obnoxious 13 year old (laughs) but uh yeah I think it in my opinion I think it helped me grow up pretty fast and it's actually not too dissimilar to the position I'm in right now um I'm 19 and almost all except for one of my teammates are married or getting married and like a lot again some of them are in their 30s so uh prepared me for the situation I'm in now but I think 
being with those guys that were a lot older and a lot better and kind of living in the world that I wanted to live in, uh, I definitely, it made me sort of idolize them and then also want to copy them. And so in that involves copying all their good habits too. Mm-hmm. So, that is yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah. No, I, I felt super lucky the whole time. That's for sure. And I was probably starstruck a lot of the time too, even mm-hmm. though they were my friends. That is cool though. And then as you said, I mean, you did that for, for four years. So during that time, if my math works out, that's when you did win your national title, correct? Yeah. I won in 2015, so I was 16 years old. At that point, yeah, I'd been skiing mm-hmm. with the Team America guys for a few seasons um, and continued skiing with them after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that national title is when doors started opening to skiing with the national team. Really? Okay, so, so after that title, so, so let's, let's work these seasons out. The, the skiing season is from November to April? October to April? Yeah, the competition season is like November to April, yeah. Okay, cool. So this is November of 2014 into April of 2015, correct? And then, right? Yep, yep. Okay, and then when is the cycling season? Uh, That's tricky. For me, it's pretty much year-round. The track season, which is what I'm focused on, uh, starts in end of August, beginning of September, depending on the year, and goes through to the end of February. So I'm mid-season right now, mm-hmm. and it's pretty interesting because uh, track, you don't get a lot of starts, so it's a pretty long season, right, End of or beginning of September to end of February, but we'll only race five times, or we'll only race at five different events. You'll race more than that, but mm-hmm. there's only five different events. Um, yeah, so end of August to end of February. And then the road season is the rest of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, five hours, that just doesn't sound enjoyable yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. I doesn't know, yeah. but so, so I'm just trying to line up on, I'm just trying to line up both the seasons and, and, you know, thank you for giving us the information of, yeah, the season's long, but you're really only going to a few events that probably made it very easy to attend essentially all the events you, you needed to slash wanted to considering most of them are in North America, correct? If not all, uh, in track cycling yes yeah okay um well at least the, I'm, I'm still back in 2015 i'm just trying oh, to understand oh, okay, you won okay. two national yeah. titles in the right. same year with seasons right, right. La- overlapping i'm kind of curious yeah. how the um, heck you did that well the the cycling title i won that year was on the road and so that oh happened, my fault okay yeah that happened in uh end of june i guess um, I got lucky that year because I was, yeah, the, from the time I was 14, I was competing cycling, but was never able to go to nationals because at the end of June, I'd always go over mm-hmm. to Europe and ski train. This year, cycling national, or that year, cycling nationals were a lot earlier. So I was able to race a couple of the races there before immediately, like I got on the plane to go to Europe the day after I won the national title. Uh, and so, yeah, I got lucky was able to train on my bike not very long like end of april to end of june basically filling time after ski season uh won that title and then immediately started skiing again wow that's that's insane dude congratulations i mean that's something not many people can ever i mean not many people even play two sports let alone (laughs) good at them so let's let's remember that so um clearly you were very good at skiing clearly cycling was starting to sounds like 
really get a, a, a big portion as, as you said, so you get the national title for skiing. This is going to be confusing and I'm, I'm sorry for doing this again. Not the best, but I'm getting better. Uh, so you win the national title in skiing. And then, as you said, a lot of doors opened up for you to the U.S. national team for skiing, correct? Yeah. And then what, what was that like, understanding that you had the opportunity to be around not only the, the amazing and the elite skiers that you've already been around, but the ones that were, you know, in the thick of competing and were actually there where everyone else either came from or was trying to get to? Totally. Um yeah, it's cool. So the way the US ski team works, especially it's a little bit different now, but the way it worked back then is there's sort of four different teams, um, at least on the men's side, or four different levels of teams. There's like the A team, which are guys that are competing to win World Cups and mm-hmm. World Championships and Olympic medals. And then the B team, which are guys who are like that, the World Cup is still their circuit and that's all they're doing. But uh the year prior, they were probably finishing between like 10 and 10th and 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, the C team, which uh, are starting to get to younger guys, like probably 19 to 23 year olds that are trying to burst onto the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And then the development team, which are, uh, yeah, kids that were basically 18 year old, like 16 to 18 year olds. Um, like just starting it's called fifth uh so like international scheme Mm -hmm. and so that was the program that i was going to be involved in and the development team and you have you were you ever on that team or did you decide not to go uh no i i the day i got the nomination in 2017 to be on the development team uh, i also got the nomination to be on the usa cycling team and cycling <laughs> yes let's talk about that the same day you were same offered day, yeah. same day that is i mean that's storybook dude that's like something that happens in a movie people won't believe that that happened in real life i mean tell us about that like which one was first i'm kind of curious like what tell us about that day is it nine o'clock you're eating your wheaties and then all of a sudden uh, it's like hey here's this email i was yeah i was in belgium at the time racing for with a junior team on the road mm-hmm. and uh, at that point, it was it must have been July, and so I'd been cycling. Like it was the first time I'd really strung together a few months of racing proper on the mm-hmm. road cycling, mm-hmm. um, and uh, had gone to a few track camps and stuff like Town ID camps, and had riding been riding well on the road. Uh, this was all after my best ski season ever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, at that point, I had already known that I was probably going to be transitioning the cycling full time anyway. But in those emails, one said that I would be paying twenty five grand plus plane tickets plus baggage to be on the team, and the other I was going to get paid and fully supported. Oh, and would you look at so, that? Yeah, it uh, it definitely made it a little bit easier. <laughs> paying twenty five thousand and plane tickets versus getting paid, I think is. I mean, a relatively easy decision for most people. Um, yeah. But then again, most people aren't put in that situation. So. Yeah. Well, when you tell at the time an 18-year-old yeah, that, that they too. have the option to be a proper professional athlete, uh, it's normally pretty hard to turn down, I imagine. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine you you had that opportunity and, and clearly yeah. you're with it. And we love it, man. And we thank you for it. Um, so I guess 
you know, that, that, that makes the story a little bit funnier, I guess, understanding all, all that goes into it. But I mean, at the time you even said you kind of knew you were transitioning to cycling, um, growing up and skiing with your dad and, and with the, you know, the team, team America that you were on and all this stuff. And then kind of picking up cycling as almost, I don't want to call it quite a side hobby, but it was almost like just something to do when you weren't skiing. What was it about cycling that it made it seem so easy to go away from something that you've done literally since 18 months old? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it's a little bit strange because um, even in that day that I got nominated to both teams, I still never really made a hard decision. Um, when I had finished my last ski race, I, I, was, I, I didn't know that was my last ski race. I was confident that I was going to ski the next year. Um, I think it was a mix of things. Uh, one, obviously, being sort of the pay gap, I guess you could call it. <laughs> and then, but I knew a lot, a lot, a lot about ski racing, and maybe too much for my own good. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'd built a lot of animosity into it. And so when I was competing, I was either relieved if I had done well or mad if I hadn't, but never exactly mm-hmm. happy. And it, I was even like achieving my goals in my own head, but even that, I was just really, really stressed out the whole time. Uh, so by the end, it was a really stressful thing for me to ski, even though I still loved it. And then cycling, yeah, I think, uh, I always, one, I always knew I thought I was more talented as a cyclist, mm-hmm. or yeah, as a cyclist than a skier, um, because on very little training, I was competing with the best kids in the nation. But also, I don't know if it was just the perfect storm, but I think it was meant to be. And so it was never really even a decision. It just sort of happened. That is, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's it makes sense to your point about the, the animosity built up. I mean, so from a young age, you're pretty much groomed, you know, to make it to this point and you get there. And, and as you said, you know, it's, there's no happiness. It's just either relief or, or anger. And that's not really a place that you want to be in. Now, as we, you and I are talking off, off camera, my favorite team is the Giants. I'm never happy if they win. I'm relieved and I'm just angry if they lose. So it's very frustrating. Um, yeah, in my house come football season, but this year, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, man, I mean that that completely makes sense. And and to your point, as you said, when you won the national title in road, didn't you say you you trained for like a month and a half and then went out ba- and, and kicked ass? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah, probably a week or two in April, all of May, and a couple weeks in June. So it it wasn't very much at all. And at that point, I wasn't really riding in the winter either. So I hadn't ridden a bike for six mm-hmm. months prior to that. So, yeah, clearly, you know, I can understand where you're coming from when thinking like, hey, wait, maybe I'm a little bit better at this one, which is crazy to think again because you've been doing something for so long. So just out of curiosity, like what was that like telling your family, I guess, like considering obviously your dad's been a ski instructor was, I mean, Hopefully he was all about it, but do you think that there was any like, uh, well, come on, you've been, come on, man, hey, come on, you know, that kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my dad definitely misses me because I oh. spent a lot, a lot of time with uh-huh. him. Now I don't as much, but uh, both my parents were super supportive and also involved in the decision. So it mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. like I kind of like shocked them with it mm-hmm. or anything. Um, and my dad had always been like really encouraging with my cycling since the time I was little. 
uh, as far as yeah, he just he just loves supporting me in cycling, mm. and um, I think my mom had a little bit of a harder time with it just because uh, she also really liked sort of the ski scene and like the parents and the friends she had made, um, and so she had to start over a little bit. <laughs> but they've both been ultra ultra supportive, so. Yeah, no, as as I would assume, and considering again, you're still cycling for the United States team. It's not like it's not like you're going off on some, you know, into, it's not like you're trying to play baseball and you're on some independent baseball team in like the middle of nowhere, Texas, or anything. Yeah, you're, still, yeah. you're still doing your thing at, at a pretty high level, so I think that that's pretty incredible. But um, I guess then to that point, I mean, what is like as you said, your your last ski race you didn't know it was going to be your last ski race. Was there any opportunity to do both um, and continue kind of the NORAM track or the NORAM circuit over here? Or was it just something you decided to totally cut off? Uh, for a while I did for probably a year and a half, I had dreams of being a two sport Olympian um, and finishing up the end of my last ski season. I, what we had sort of planned was I was only going to ski giant slalom and super G the next year. So mm-hmm. I was going to cut out downhill and slalom, which I wasn't as good at. And then able be able to focus more on those two events and ideally get better at them as a result. And mm-hmm. then uh, with that have also with not having to go to school the next year, uh, having a little bit more open schedule, to fit more riding in there. Um, since I was little, I've also had some really good mentors in cycling, and we were operating under the idea that pretty much as long as I was like being active and fit as a little kid, you could start cycling pretty late and still reach your maximum potential. Because mm-hmm. um, if you have the engine, you have it, and so it's just a matter of a few years training it, but. Um, so we didn't feel like because skiing was a skill sport, you have to do it all the time to get better at it. We didn't feel that, that we were missing an opportunity to develop as a junior in cycling. So we we're going to try and do both. And I was going to try and do both. Uh, and then that kind of dissolved when cycling started taking off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's difficult to be a two sport athlete, but I'm sorry, you're about to say something. Yeah. And then also the, problem with track cycling which is what i'm focused on is it's also a winter sport oh (laughs) yeah Mm. but place over like the same time period Mm -hmm. so to stay fit enough to race and compete at a high level track cycling while also ski training would have been i think really difficult yes absolutely absolutely it would um and and you know it's always it's interesting i mean i i believe that if you want to get one good at a, a specific sport, I mean, what, you know, there, you can look at many professional athletes that have been good at multiple sports, right. Um, you know, off the top of your head, especially thinking the baseball, football, soccer, basketball route. Um, but considering they all stop one of those sports at one point in time, because you're at the 99th percent already, you know, if you're trying to make the Olympics, you're clearly one of the best in the world. And if someone else is putting time, you specifically are putting time into a different sport that gives your competition a potential to uh, just get a little bit better. Uh, there's multiple schools of thought with that one, but it's always, uh, it's always interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was, it was always going to be really hard. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a dream I had for mm-hmm. sure. But as soon as uh, track cycling was taking place at the exact same time of year, yeah. 
um, yeah, I it, I think it's beyond my cap- capabilities at least. Maybe mm-hmm. someone else can do it, but not me. Oh uh, no, I I think. Keep doing what you're doing, man. That's that's the important part. I think, you know, obviously you're rocking and rolling and, um, you know, we're, we're crossing our fingers for you, Colby. I think that that is super, super interesting. So now we're cycling. What's um, What has been, I guess, your biggest takeaway from almost an entire full year of just cycling rather than kind of splitting it or, or even mostly just skiing? Yeah, it's a uh, – I'm really, really, really um, – one part of it, which has been really cool and absent in skiing is even though in skiing you're on a team and like you really like your teammates and you spend all year with them, uh, it's not a team sport. It's an individual mm-hmm. sport. Mm-hmm. Um, cycling is certainly a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really like my teammates. I really like the program. Uh, it's a really professional setting, obviously. And so it's been really cool to be in sort of a world leading like in and around a world leading program um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been a blast it, it's i've since i was a little kid i wanted to be a professional athlete and this is what it is for me and it, yeah i'm loving it you got it man not many of us on, uh, not many of you guys on planet earth um i almost said us <laughs> look at me <laughs> i'm not a professional athlete um uh, but no man congratulations i think that is super cool getting paid to play essentially i mean that's that's not that bad i know obviously there's more into it but when you boil it down i don't know i rode a bike as a kid right you know that's how yeah. i used to play so i think it's pretty cool that you get the opportunity um to be professional and something like that so um next question next topic i guess is the olympics obviously as you said you wanted to be a two-sport olympic athlete um that's probably not in the cards right now never know what happens moving forward um yeah. but currently the next olympics is 2020 that is summer and is cycling i guess is is velodrome is that sprinting is that is in the olympics correct yep track okay cycling is in the olympics. it is the olympics but i remember i spoke with a, another track cyclist in the 2016 games the united states qualified but i guess our athletes didn't qualify it was very confusing it was on the female side mm. i can't remember exactly what happened um but i guess what do you need to do moving forward now knowing that in in a year and change year and 18 months it looks like as of recording there's an opportunity you're going to be there. Yeah, uh, it's definitely it's definitely the big picture goal for me right now is to go to the 2020 Olympics. Um, a big part of that is qualifying our spot for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The most likely thing that I would compete in is called Team Pursuit on the track. And so only eight countries qualify to the Olympics in the first place. And so it's pretty difficult to get in anyway. Uh, we're about a fifth of the way through that process now. Um, the Olympic cycle qualification cycle started this year. Mm -hmm. They take, uh, both years, Pan American or continental championships, which in our case is the Pan Mm Pan American championships, your best three world cups each season, and then your result at world world championships each season. Uh, so we've done one world cup and our Pan American. American championships so far uh and so together the four of us uh there's actually eight guys in and around the program um are working to first qualify the spot and then eventually unfortunately fortunately there's going to be eight guys that have helped qualify the spot but only four of them will get to race Mm -hmm. so 
Uh, but yeah, the goal for the program and for uh, myself is to be top five in 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then where do we sit right now after uh, a few of these qualifications? Is it looking good? Uh, it, yeah, I think uh, we won Pan American Championships. Which Congratulations. We, yeah, thank you. Uh, that was a big deal for us. Um, in a lot of ways, Pan American Championships is more important for us than World Championships because uh, just the way the point system works mm-hmm. out and who we're competing against to get into the Olympics. So that was a really, really, really big step in the right direction for us. And like we set a bunch of national records at that race and stuff too. So uh, we got a lot of momentum from that. Um, We've done one World Cup since then and uh, probably didn't go as well as we wanted to, but uh, we're still, we race two more World Cups and then World this season. And I think, after doing all the math and how we're riding, we're riding better than ever. I think uh, we're ahead of schedule, ahead of where anyone else would have anticipated us being two years ago, for sure. Gotta love it. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, no, it's it's cool, and it's uh, it's definitely it's still not going to be easy, but um, I think yeah, we're on the right track, no question. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's me. That's a hundred percent on me. <laughs> Um, so with, as you were saying, there's eight guys in around the, uh, team pursuit race. It sounds like only four actually race during it. Correct. So, so what goes into, I guess, like, okay. So me from an outsider, wouldn't you just line up the four fastest guys or girls and let them go to town? Right. So like, I guess just explain that and kind of why we, we have eight and then what the, the pairing down process is like as well. Yeah. Um, well, without getting too too technical okay that's fine the ma- the I'm main five. Thing- pretend i'm five years old How's okay <laughs> uh the main things that are taken into consideration uh for who will start any given race is sort of since it's a long season you can't be at peak peak form the whole time mm-hmm. and so if you have eight guys and you only start four of them each race you can kind of separate them into one or two or two or three groups and say like okay these guys are going to do this race and they'll be in peak form for those races Mm -hmm. and then the next series this group of guys will be in peak form and so they'll race those um so that's a big consideration Mm -hmm. if people get sick and you only have four guys then that makes sense uh, it's can be a disaster and then also the program at least on the men's side for USA cycling is relatively new. Uh, and so guys are still like, we're all developing at a pretty rapid rate. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for instance, even the best four guys a year ago, it's a different landscape now. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, And that, that makes sense. I mean, fresh legs definitely make sense. Uh, considering what you guys are doing and then being sick that's why i mean you know you always hear of an alternate you know like one or two alternates maybe not usually um four so i guess you know competition or um competition breeds um was i don't even know what i'm trying to say excellence competition breeds excellence there you go there we go so how how confident are you in your skills right now would you either i mean i guess we don't have to get too cocky about it but you know (laughs) what do you need to do to make sure you're one of those top four guys come you know 2019 end of 2019 beginning of 2020 when we're doing the actual pairing down process yeah um 
well, uh, what do I have to do? Oh, sorry, my cat's knocking stuff over. <laughs> um, yeah, what do I have to do? Um, well, a bittersweet thing about it is one of the things I have to do is be like one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're going to be on a team that gets mm -hmm. top five at the Olympics. So uh, if I were to do that, that would be a really satisfying accomplishment. But uh, I'm in a bit of a fortunate position where I'm only 19 and really haven't been doing this full time for very long. And mm -hmm. so my sort of rate of growth has still seemed to be on a pretty steep curve. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting better all the time, which is both, uh, both gives me confidence and sort of makes me really excited for what I hope to turn into. Um, but yeah, it's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, a year and a half seems like a long time, but then it also seems like the Olympics are tomorrow. And mm -hmm. so, uh, it's going to be, yeah, there's, we have a really good program around us. And so trusting that process for sure is step one, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard and a lot of hard work and a lot of grinding, but, um, it's something I love and the sport has been awesome to me so far. So motivation hasn't been a problem for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super excited to sort of keep getting after it. Heck yeah, man. If you can be number one in the world, I mean, why hold anything back, right? Just, uh, totally. just go with it, dude. I think that that's incredible. And, and that, you know, as we were talking about earlier, there's no, uh, at least not yet and knock on wood, hopefully not anytime soon, but the animosity of the, you know, relief versus anger and actual yeah. happiness isn't, isn't there hopefully anytime soon. Um, but you know, I mean, if, if you got it, man, you got it, flaunt it. So, so keep rolling with it. Um, and then my last question for you, Colby, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to kick you out of this sport. Um, I wasn't even trying to kick you out of the last sport that you're in, but I'm always curious kind of, you know, you're 19, so you're relatively young. I don't know if this has even crossed your mind yet, but what does, what's, what, what else is there to Colby? What, what's next, I guess, after cycling, is it going back to skiing just to hang out some more? You know, like what, do you have any ideas of that kind of stuff moving forward or are you just so laser focused that all that stuff could not even matter right now? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely, in my own head, still plan to go to college after this. Mm -hmm. um, and so depending on how long my cycling career is, it will affect how that looks. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I definitely have an interest in a few things right now. Like probably my biggest interest outside of cycling, even though it's really tied together, would be sports science and sports physiology. Very cool. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I think... I don't have a great idea of what's to happen afterwards, but um, I certainly realize that there's going to be a long, long time that hopefully I'm around mm -hmm. that I'm not cycling full time. So. <laughs> That's good to know. And I was going to say, I mean, the, the 29, 30 year old freshman will make a lot of friends um, <laughs> considering he's over, over 21. So awesome, man. Well, Colby, <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time today. One more time, Colby Lang, USA Cycling, currently, formerly USA Skiing, I guess, kind of. Uh, pretty incredible story. Really awesome, dude. So, Colby, thank you so much for your time today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking to you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Colby Lang of Our Athletes. As I said, super interesting, dude. He has such a cool story, and I'm really glad I got the opportunity to chat with him and learn all about what he's doing, what he's up to, and some of the crazy things that he's got going on. So if you guys don't mind, make sure to follow Colby on all of his socials. They will be in the show notes. Make sure to follow us as well, also in the show notes, but I can plug those pretty easily at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter. If you guys don't mind, please share, review, subscribe, uh, like, comment, I don't know, do everything that you need to do to try and get this out there because I personally believe these stories are incredible and our athletes deserve a little bit of extra recognition. So thank you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day. 